Good morning, I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I want to thank you all for joining us for worship today at South Park Church, whether you're here in person or watching online or listening to our podcast. We're just glad you're spending this holiday weekend uh, with us together. When I was in divinity school, one thing that we had to do each year was take uh, a field education kind of placement. So for the whole year, you'd be placed in a church or another ministry setting where you get hands-on practical experience of what it was like to do ministry. And so was there for three years, so got to do three different field education experiences. My middle year, second year, uh, I, was, uh, I was intrigued by uh, prison ministry. So I signed up for that, and uh, I got into that. And what happened was there was four of us, actually four men from the Divinity School. We would drive uh, about 30 minutes uh, to a maximum security prison. Uh, we'd go through all the security, get all those checks, that sort of thing. Uh, and then we'd be in a, in a room, a locked room with prisoners for about an hour, and we would talk about God and religion and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, at first that was really intimidating because there were no guards in the room with us. And so uh, we were maximum security prison. So the prisoners were there, had done anything from selling drugs uh, to armed robbery to murder. Uh, there was a guy there who didn't have uh, one leg. had been shot off in a battle with police, with guns. He'd killed some police officers. They'd shot his leg off. And so, uh, you know, first day, you're locked in a, in a room with, with prisoners, and it's very intimidating. And, uh, but pretty soon, we established relationships with these men, and, and they became friends. And so uh, we looked forward to that. Now, uh, another thing that happened in this prison, in, in my experience, was that uh, the groups like that were very self um, uh, segregated. And so the group of men that we were with were all African-Americans. Uh, and so the group from my divinity school, there was four of us. Two of us were in our mid-20s, uh, white guys, uh, young, in way over our heads. Uh, and two of the men that went with us were men of color. Uh, and one of them had been a prisoner, had been addicted to drugs, had found Jesus actually in prison and is making a new life for himself, ended up being a, a graduate from an Ivy League school. And so he was kind of our default leader because he had been where these men were. He had gotten out from that. He had a, a hopeful story for them. And so he was on point. And most of what I did and my friend did, where we just listened a lot and, and tried to learn uh, from this experience. So uh, these men were just starved for attention, and they had a lot of time to, to read. And so throughout the week, they would read all of these philosophical things and theological things and legal things, and they just would want to talk about all those sorts of things. We had all kinds of philosophical debates and discussions and, and things like that. And so one day we came to the prison, uh, and they'd been doing some stuff, reading some of Louis Farrakhan's work and listening to some of his speaking, some Nation of Islam stuff, and, and, and the the... The focus of that day was they just kept asking us, are you willing to die for the truth, right? You're going to be a pastor. You're going to go to lead congregations. You're going to try to tell the truth of God to people. But how far are you willing to do that, right? Jesus died for the truth. Are you willing to die for the truth? And I said, oh, boy, where's my mom? Can I get out of here? You know, what, what's this all about? And I definitely went over my head. And, and so, well, what do you mean by the truth? What do you mean dying for the truth, that sort of thing? And it, Kind of their approach was that there's a lot of racial injustice in America, especially when it comes to the criminal justice system. There's a disproportionate number of African-American men who are in prison compared to the percentage of, of African-Americans in the overall American population. And so I, I think they're right about that. And uh, I think that's a systemic issue that continues to, to be in place today. And so they wanted to know how far that we would be their advocates, their mouthpieces. When we graduated, we got ordained, we went out into churches and, and to talk about their story. And, 
an injustice and oppression and, and the system. And, you know, would we, you know, even if we had to die for that, would we be willing to die for that? And so that was their question that was posed to us. If that was you in my place, what would you have said to them? Uh, I'll tell you in, in just a few minutes how that conversation ended up going. But the reason that I bring it up today is because ultimately what they were asking us to, to commit to was, what are we willing to sacrifice, right, so that we can, we can be purveyors of God's truth? And so uh, what degree would we be willing to do that? And as I think about transitions, we've been talking about transitions for the past few weeks, I think that the nature of transition ultimately comes down to sacrifice. Uh, because as we talked about in transitions, there's three parts of that. There's an ending to something and there's a beginning to something. And in the middle, there's this neutral zone where we're not where we were. We're not where we're going yet. And so we're, we're trying to get there. So three areas. But what's inherent in transition is sacrifice, right? Because something has to end for something else to begin, right? A sacrifice is an end of something, right? We give up something so we can take up something else. And so as we're in our lives right now, as you find yourself in a transition, maybe in multiple transition, think about, picture in your mind the transition that you're going through right now. What are you being asked to sacrifice? What are you being asked to sacrifice? Some of us are being asked to sacrifice comfort. Maybe some of us are being asked to sacrifice familiarity. Maybe some of us are being asked to sacrifice a location or proximity. We're, we're called to move away for a job and, and we're going to have to leave our family to do that. Right? Whenever we go through a transition, there tends to be a sacrifice. Something has to end so something else can begin. And so in your life right now, in your transition, what is the sacrifice that you're facing? And maybe a more important question is, uh, is that sacrifice worth it? Whatever you're going to, is it worth it to give up whatever you're having to leave? Whatever you're taking up, is it worth it to end whatever you're having to end? Okay, so in your transition, what's the sacrifice? And the bigger question is, is it worth the sacrifice for what you're in the midst of doing? That's what we're going to be talking about today. And thankfully, the Bible has a lot of advice to help us kind of work through this. And so uh, we're going to begin today in John's gospel. The gospel means the good news of Jesus. Uh, there are four of them in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it talks about the, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And they're written by eyewitnesses. And so John's gospel is attributed to uh, the apostle John, the, one of the 12 disciples. And so before we dive into that, I want to take us back to the Old Testament first and talk about sacrifice there. Sacrifice was a big deal between the people of God and God. So when the people of God in the Old Testament did something wrong, the way that they were forgiven was oftentimes they had to offer an animal sacrifice. Take an animal to the priest. The priest would then kill the animal, uh, and then the, the blood would, uh, would atone, uh, would kind of cover over the guilt and the shame of whatever it is that the person of God had done. And so this was a valuable animal, right? Animals were valuable. You were to pick out one of the, the best of the flock to give to the priest to offer up for you. And so the animal kind of gets punished rather than you getting punished. Uh, and so that's the way that you are forgiven. But you made a sacrifice. It cost you something to do that. And so that, that's a, a big part of what's going on in the Old Testament. But we get to the New Testament. And in John's Gospel, we find out that Jesus has made a sacrifice to end all sacrifices, Right, the Old Testament, you did something wrong, you had to offer up an animal, you mess up again, you're back with the animal, all that kind of stuff. And so in the New Testament, Jesus says, I'm going to make one and final sacrifice, and, and I'm going to be the sacrifice rather than the animal. 
And so I'm going to take on the guilt and the shame and the wrongdoing, which the Bible calls sin. I'm going to take on the consequences of death. I'm going to take on the consequences of broken relationships and separation from God, which the Bible uses as the term hell. Jesus says, I'm going to take that all on me. And I'm going to, I'm going to defeat that. And then when I die on a cross, I'm going to end uh, the sacrificial system. I'll be the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. And he did that. He came back to life. Right? That's kind of where we are. We pick up the story in John's gospel. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. You might have heard this. You might have seen people holding up John 3, 16 on a poster at a sporting event. Right? This is what it is. One of the, you know, the basic summary of the entire Bible uh, these are the words of Jesus, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, right? So Jesus dies, he comes back to life so that you and I can be saved, right? Our guilt and shame can be replaced with joy and peace. We can live life now on the earth to the full, and we can live forever in the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus does for us, right? He does all the heavy lifting. All we have to do is believe in it, right? We, we have faith in what Jesus did, and we turn away from our lives without Jesus and say, Jesus, please forgive me, right? I, I want to be free of my guilt. I want to be free of my shame. I want to live life to the full, and I want to live forever in the kingdom of heaven. I want to follow you and to make the world a better place. And so Jesus does all of this for us through his grace. It means unmerited favor, something he does for us that we don't deserve, right? So Jesus is the sacrifice that ends all sacrifices, right? So what? So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for our everyday life? How does that relate to transitions? What does that have anything to do with my life? This is, this is kind of what I think, right? When it comes with godly sacrifices, the prize is worth the price. With godly sacrifices, the prize that we receive, right, that we transition to is worth the price of what we have to give up. Now think about the price that Jesus paid. He left the glorious kingdom of heaven He's God. He comes to the earth. He becomes a human, right? A frail human being while still remaining God. Now that's hard to wrap our heads around. And then he gives up his life and not in just an easy way, right? Where he takes some kind of, you know, you know, poison or something and he just passes out in his sleep, right? He, he's nailed to a cross until he suffocates to death. And so Jesus pays the ultimate price. But here's the trick. Here's the great thing. Here's the good news, right? In Jesus' eyes, it was worth it, absolutely worth it, because it gives us the opportunity to be restored in a right relationship with God. You were the prize. You and I are the prize of Jesus, right? In Jesus' eyes, he gave up heaven, he gave up his body, he gave up his life, because you and I, we are worth it, right? Man, if you feel bad about yourself or insecure about yourself or, 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 or anything, man, this is the good news that Jesus loves you so much that he gave up his life. You are the prize worth his life, right? That's a precious, precious thing. That is a sacrifice worth making. Now, in our lives, not all of our sacrifices are godly. Some of them are selfish. Some of them are egocentric, and they hurt us, and they hurt other people, and they hurt God. And so I want us to think for a little bit right now about our transitions in our lives and whether or not they're godly or not. 
And what does that look like? What, what are some good sacrifices and what are some sacrifices that are not godly? And, and if we're in one of those situations, what can we do to get out of that situation? So let's think about some real life examples of whether they're godly sacrifices or not in our transitions. Right? So I want to talk about newlyweds for, for a minute. I know we've got some newlyweds in the house today and uh, um, I've got a couple of colleagues that when they were, they were newlyweds, they, they got married together. Uh, they had to learn pretty soon that sacrifice is a big part of marriage uh, if you want that marriage to blossom and, and to move forward and to be a godly marriage. And so uh, husband, wife kind of uh, team, they are in the kitchen one day and there's a bunch of dishes around. So the husband wants to do a nice thing and, and fill up the dishwasher and, and take care of that, you know, clean up all the stuff his wife had cooked. And they're not limited to, you know, male, female roles. You cook, I clean. But in this case, just that one meal they were. And so put the dishes in there and and he thought, you know, he's going to get a pat on the back. Oh, honey, you're the best husband. You've loaded the dishwasher. Thank you so much. And as soon as he put the dishes in the dishwasher, she takes every dish out of the dishwasher. And he's standing there looking like, you know, just a base. And then she repositions the dishes in a more efficient way to be in the dishwasher, right? This is not me and Laura. This is not code for anything that happened in our lives. Uh, and so, uh, so he's like, what are you doing? She's like, you know, this is the most efficient way to put the dishes in the dishwasher. This is the right way. He's like, my way wasn't right. I got all the dishes in there. They're all going to get clean. I'm trying to help you. And who's to say your way is right and my way is not? She's like, honey, this is just the way that it has to be, right? And so he earned, uh, learned an early lesson, right? We can't always both be right uh, in a marriage. And so what does Dr. Phil say? Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And so he had to sacrifice, even though he thought he was right. He knew in his mind he was right. He had to let it go and say, you know what, honey, if that's the way you want to put the dishes in the dishwasher for the rest of our marriage, then I'm willing to allow you to do that. And they still do it to this day, right? So in, in marriage, sometimes we have to make a sacrifice. Even if we think we're absolutely right, sometimes we have have to make that sacrifice. I think that's a godly sacrifice, and it's worked for them in their marriage. A couple of weeks ago, we had Kevin and Claire up here, and uh, we were celebrating that they're pregnant and expecting their first child. And if you remember, I was interviewing them, and I asked them a question of, you know, what are some of the things you're going to miss when, when the baby comes? I mean, there's a lot of things to look forward to, but what are some of the things you're going to miss? And they, like every other married couple, said, you know, we're going to miss having so much time together, just the two of us together. Right? We know it's going to be less when the baby comes, and we're still going to make time for each other. That's going to be a priority. Uh, but it's, it, it's worth it for us to sacrifice some of that us time so that we can expand that us time into the three of us rather than the two of us. And right? So it's a godly sacrifice. It's a, it's the prize is worth the price. Right? As long as we still find time for each other, it might not be as much time, but we're glad to expand that time to a third person. Had a friend who just got offered a job, and it's one of the kind of career-making jobs. It's more money kind of job. It's one of the jobs like, you know, you got to be crazy not to take this job kind of a job. And the challenge is it's in a different state from where my friend lives. And he and his wife and children uh, are newly established where they are. Uh, the children have been through a couple of different schools, and they finally have been stabilized. A lot of their family and friends live in the area. Uh, and so he's really been wrestling with, is it, is it worthwhile for me to sacrifice the stability of my family right now for this career-making opportunity, for this money-making opportunity? And in, in his life, he discerned that it was not worth that sacrifice. Now, for some people, it might be, but in his life, he said, you know what? It's more important that my family has this stability rather than to disrupt that. And so for him, that was not a sacrifice 
worth making. The prize was not worth the price. Now, I know that a lot of people in our congregation recently, some of our senior adults in our congregation have really been wrestling with, when is the time that I leave my home where I've been for most of my adult life uh, and transition out of this this comfortable place where, where I have lived and have all these memories to a senior living facility where, where I need to be? And, and am I willing to make the sacrifice of all that comfort and familiarity and even independence? Uh, and some of them have made that shift uh, because they believe that it, it, it's better for them. They can't take care of the home that they have. It gives their grown adult children the peace of mind that, that they're going to be in a safer environment. They don't have to worry about them as much. There's more social things going on. So for some of the people in our congregation, that time has come, and that is a sacrifice that they believe the prize is absolutely worth the price. We could probably go on and on about different ways. Uh, Parents who know that their children are going away to college in a state that's that's far away, they're sad to see them go, but they know this is a great opportunity for them, and so they support them in, in doing that, making that sacrifice of seeing them as often as they're used to seeing them. We know people who want to have a better lifestyle, and so they're going to sacrifice all of the sweets and the sugars and, and the lethargic lifestyle of sitting on the couch and watching television to, to doing the hard work of sweating and, and eating broccoli and cauliflower and things like that because the price uh, of giving up some of those sweets is, is worth the prize of living life longer and having a healthier body and, and that sort of thing. And I've known people who are workaholics, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and they are challenged by the fact, you know, it's like, I want to provide for my family so much, right? But when you interview the family, the family's like, I'm tired of them working so hard to provide for us. All I want is mom or dad to come home, right? I just, I want to be in a relationship with them and our family's suffering. They think they're doing the right thing, but they're really doing the wrong thing. And so that, that prize is not worth the cost, right? Not worth the, the price, so sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. Memorial Day weekend, this is a, you know, it's a great weekend that we celebrate the freedoms that we have in our nation. Right? As Kevin said, it's so true that it, we, we take so much for granted that we can come and, and worship how we want to. We can worship in a theater. We can put this out on, on the Internet. And you know, we don't fear that the police are going to come in and arrest us. And we're, we're grateful to the men and women in the military who sacrificed their lives. Who, who have died so that we can have this freedom. And, and I, I'm guessing that every one of them who gave up their lives would say to a person, right, it was worth it, right? I believe in the, in the principle of freedom. I believe that it's something that I knew when I signed up that I was ready to do and make that decision and that sacrifice. And it's something that, that we celebrate and we honor this weekend. But then there are also people who have loved ones who've died in the service of our country. And they say, controversially, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth my daughter or my son dying. It wasn't worth my my brother or my sister dying, my mom or my dad dying for people who take freedom and and they abuse it. Or some conflicts are not freedom-focused. They're more politically focused. Or maybe they're more about money, how big business is pressurizing politicians to intervene to make sure that they can keep making money, even if it costs men and women, young men and women, their lives. And so there's some family members who speak out and say, you know what, it's not worth the life of my loved one. And that is such a hard thing for all of us to hear and think about and wrestle with. And so, again, is the price worth the price? So, so how do we know that? How do we weigh that? Right? And so just you know, some basic questions we'll put up here is, you know, as we think about our transition, where we are, 
what sacrifice are we called to make? What is ending? What do we need to let go of? Is it, and what is the prize that we're going towards? Is it, and what's the price to get there? Is it worth it? And maybe the, the most important question is, is this a godly sacrifice? And, and, and how do we know if it's a godly sacrifice? That's what I want to spend some time with, right? Because some sacrifices are not. They're just selfish. They're self-serving. How do we know if the transition that we're in is calling us to make a godly sacrifice? So let's go back to the New Testament. This time we're going to be in the book of Romans in the New Testament. Is reminded by a guy named Paul who was a pastor in the first century, kind of in the Mediterranean area. And Paul started a lot of churches. And he would write those churches' letters when he wasn't with them. And those letters we've collected, and we, they, they form the basis of a lot of the New Testament is, is Paul's writings. And so we're going to be reading a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. So he wrote a letter to the Roman Christians. And this is Paul talking about sacrifice. He's talking about trying to figure out what God's will is for our life. What does God want me to do? And, and that sort of thing. So I think it's very uh, applicable to what we're studying here in transition. So let's see what Paul has to teach us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right, so Paul's saying we, God will show us the way. We can figure out God's will. Right? He gives us scripture. He gives us church teaching. He gives us Christian friends. Right? But it also has to do with our own attitudes and, and our heart. And so what Paul says is, yeah, we're not underneath the animal sacrificial system anymore. No. Some of, some of us as Christians might be called on to die for our faith. There are Christian martyrs in the first century. There were Christian martyrs all the way up through the 21st century. There are people today who die because of their faith in Jesus. But Paul says, for all of us, you know, many of us won't have to probably sacrifice our lives. We, we hope not. But he says, all of us, we are to be a living sacrifice to Jesus, right? Pleasing and holy to him, right? So what does that mean? To be a, a living sacrifice for God. I, I, think, I think you boil it down. It means that, that we are called to live for God. And if we're called to live for God, there's things in our lives that get in the way of that that we need to let die or to put to death, right? So there are things in our lives that we need to sacrifice, we need to let go of so that we can be in a full relationship, committed relationship with God. Right? So we offer ourselves as people who have been brought from death to life. Right? If we really believe that God has rescued us from hell, if God has rescued us from death, if God has rescued us from sin and guilt and shame, that if, if he's done that, we'll do whatever he wants us to do. Right? And let me be clear. I don't believe that we earn our way to God. We don't earn our way to heaven. We don't earn our way to Jesus. It's, it's what Jesus did for us, right? We have to believe in it. We have to turn away from our life without God and ask Jesus to come in. He does the heavy lifting, right? We're saved through our faith and His grace. But if we've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, if we follow Him, then we're going to want to be like Him. We're going to want to do what He asks us to do. And so if there's anything in our life that's holding us back from taking that next step with God to living with Jesus, then I think we should be ready to surrender that. Right? 
So what does that look like? So maybe it means that I need to surrender visiting certain websites that are pornographic if that's something that, that I'm struggling with. Right? If I'm addicted to alcohol or if I'm addicted to, uh, to drugs, I need to surrender that somehow and get some help through AA or through counseling. Right? Maybe sometimes I might need to surrender a habit. Maybe I need to surrender a group of friends that I'm hanging with that are just bringing me down and they're nothing but destructive. Right? And, and, and so that's something that maybe I need to surrender. So as we're facing transitions, it's a great opportunity to think, you know, what's God calling me to let go of and what's God calling me to grab hold of? I think, I think Paul gives us a great litmus test to figure out if our sacrifices, if our transitions are godly or not. And I think I love the word that Paul uses. It's, it's holy, right? Is this transition holy? Is it like God? Does it reflect Christ? Is it, is it a holy thing? Right? Am I letting something go and, and trying to take up? Is the, is the prize that I'm trying to strive towards, is that holy? Right? Think about some of the examples we talked about, right? The husband uh, who who thought he was right, but, but agreed just to you know, let it go so that there could be miracle harmony. Is that a holy decision? He would say so because their relationship uh, is a holy decision. That doesn't mean they don't uh, disagree and they don't have arguments, right? But, but for him, that's a holy decision. The, the person who decided, you know, I, I don't think I'm being called to this job. It would help me as an individual, but it wouldn't help my family. I think he thinks that the prize is worth the price. That's a holy thing to do. I think about, you know, sometimes when people get the sacrifice wrong, you know, some of us will do anything to have the perfect looking body, even to the point there are people in America, you know, who starve themselves or are bulimic or, you know, suffer from anorexia. And so, you know, on the outside, we, we, we look the way that we want to look, but on the inside, we're, we're, we're killing ourselves and our organs. And I don't know if that's a holy decision. I don't know if that's a sacrifice that God would have us to do. And so in our lives, as we think about transition, what am I letting go of? What am I taking up? What has to die so something else can live? Is this a holy transition? And if it is, wow, that's great. I think we're on the right track. And again, we weigh that with scripture. We weigh that with church teaching. We do that with our reason, our experience, talk to our Christian friends. You know, is this a sacrifice worth making? Is the prize worth the price? Is this a godly kind of thing? And if it's not, then maybe we need to step back and think, is this a transition that I need to be involved in? Now, sometimes we have no choice and we need to ask God to help us, you know, make it a godly thing. But sometimes we do have a choice and we can take a step back and say, you know what? I'd rather live for Jesus, and I, I want to make this a holy, holy transition, so what do I need to do? And what if we all did that? Right? What if we weighed it? Right? What if we said, what's the sacrifice? What's the cost? Right? What's the price? What's the prize? Right? Is this a godly thing? Is it a holy thing? I think if we did that, I think that we would all transition more smoothly in whatever we're transitioning, uh, and I think we'd identify some transitions that we just don't need to make that have not been godly. We haven't prayed about it and we find ourselves in trouble and we need to get out of that trouble, right? So I think we would transition much better and we would choose transitions more carefully. Now getting back to my prison dilemma when I was sitting there and these guys were, you know, kind of in our faces saying, you know, you're willing to die for the truth. You're willing to die for Jesus. You're willing to die to let people know that there's, you know, injustice in the world. There's oppression in the world. And, you know, I'm sitting here like, oh my goodness, what am I going to say? And and then Pete, this guy who I'm with, you know, and uh, again, mid-20s, right? he didn't miss a beat. He didn't miss a second. For me, I'm sitting there feeling like this has gone on for 30 minutes. He immediately said to them, are you willing to live for the truth? They're like, what? 
It's like, okay, you're willing to die for the truth. I get that. But are you willing to live for the truth? And this was a hard question for them to hear because in prison, a lot of people who are prisoners don't feel good about their lives. They don't feel that they have anything to live for, right? It's, it's, it's a hellacious existence in prison. And so, you know, it, it's easy maybe to even dream about dying one day because it might be better than the life that we're living. And so he kind of placed it back on them saying, you know what? You're stuck here. That stinks. There's consequences that you have to pay. But if you follow God, don't you think that he wants to give you life to the full, even in prison? So what would it look like for you to start living for God, living for the truth where you are, right? Finding some joy, finding some peace, right? Not being obsessed with dying. What would it look like for you to live for the truth? And I looked at him. I'm thinking, why can't I think of things like that on the fly? Man, that is so profound. And And to really see them stop and to kind of shut down this whole talk about death and martyrdom, and it just kind of unplugged all that. And so uh, the next, you know, several visits, we just had these amazing discussions that we kind of pushed on that. And and the older guy who'd been in the prison, like he just ran with that, and it was a beautiful thing to see, right? And and so as, as we think about our lives, right, as we're in transition, as we think about you know, what we're giving up, what we're taking up is our sacrifice, a godly sacrifice. Are we willing to live for Jesus? Are you and I, are we willing to live for Jesus? Because ultimately what we're talking about is Jesus is the prize, right? He died for us and came back to life so that we can have life to the full and live forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? He said that we were the price worth Uh, or the price that was worth him paying his life, right? Are we ready to say that Jesus is worth living for? That our whole life should be about Jesus, that that he is it, right? That we love him, that he's the center of our life, that he, he makes our families better, he makes our work better, he makes our lives better, right? Have, have we figured out that the, the prize of the universe is ours for the taking if we will only put to death those things that stand between us and God? Jesus is worth it. Right? Jesus is the prize. He, he is, he's the prize that whatever price we have to pay is worth paying. He's already paid the ultimate price, right? We, we, we just got to let go of some of our ego and some of our pride and and some of our, our, our strong-willed nature, right? And, and maybe some of our comfort to go out and, and, and share the good news of Jesus with other people that, that we are encountering. Right? So brothers and sisters, I know that we're all in a period of transition some way, somehow in our life, right? And in that transition, what sacrifice are you, are you called to make? What's the prize that you're striving towards? What's the price? What do you have to let go? Is it a godly uh, sacrifice, meaning that whatever it is is holy, Right? Right With Christian, with godly sacrifices, the prize is always worth the price. Right? In our case, the prize is Jesus. Right? And he is absolutely worth it. So ultimately today, what I'm asking you to do is to live for Jesus. To let die whatever is standing between you and him. Live for Jesus. He is absolutely worth it. And I just invite you to think and pray about what that looks like in your life, in your transition as we go to God in prayer, and then as we we close out with this next song. Let's pray together. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you that miraculously you think that we were worth giving your life, giving heaven to come to the earth, giving up your physical life on in such a heinous way and terrible way as being killed on the cross, God, that's just that's 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 humbling that you love us that much, that that you see us as that prize.
And now, God, we are faced with our own transitions and our own sacrifices. And, and there are things that we need to let go so that we can take up things. In those everyday life choices, God, may we choose wisely. May we seek to have holy transitions, God, that the prizes we seek are, are your prizes or godly prizes or holy prizes. And if not, God, that we, we let go of whatever it is that we're pursuing. And God, more importantly right now, as we think about our relationship with you, that you are the prize of all that you want to be in a loving, personal relationship with us, that you paid the ultimate price, God. All we have to do is just surrender those things in our life that are holding us back. So give us wisdom, God, to know what they are. Give us courage to, and the strength to let go and, and help us to truly believe that you want us to live life to the full now and life forever in the kingdom of heaven. God, you're the ultimate prize. Thank you for being there. Thank you for making us have access to that, God. You are worth living. We choose you. In Christ's holy name, amen.